0: Welcome to the Grape Seed official podcast. We're trying out something new today, two guests on the pod at the same time. We welcome back Cindy and Michael. Cindy has been on recently, but Michael was on quite a while back talking about Camp Grape Seed. Welcome back, guys.
1: Thank you for having
0: hello. us. Hello, hello. Today's topic was actually suggested by Cindy. Many Grape Seed teachers have coaching sessions whether in person or through the lesson video analyses where they receive feedback on how their lessons are going. From the teacher's perspective, it might just seem that all their coach does is show up and critique what they do. But Grape Seed coaches put a lot of thought and planning into providing the best coaching that they are able to. Today, we will get to hear about how Cindy and Michael prepare for their coaching sessions. So Cindy, let's start with you. What do you generally do to prepare for coaching sessions?
1: Thank you, Adam, for having me again. Typically, when we have a coaching session, a teacher will send in his or her video And I would be observing those lessons and and I would write back to the teacher asking him or her to also reflect on it and come up with two questions uh, or answer or think about two things, which is what went well and why they think so and what stood out to them. That's like the first question. And the second question would be, what do they want to work on and what they would do differently? Is that four questions? Two questions and a lot of times teachers don't have time to necessarily watch the videos themselves so they will come in just they will come in and say a lot of comments i hear is tell me what I what I did wrong or tell me what I did good and we will move on from there but one thing i would like the teachers to always remember is that coaching is a learning relationship and we believe that The process of learning is just as important as the um, knowledge and skills learned. It's not an activity imposed by, you know, from me to the teacher, but it's a partnership. So ideally, the teachers need to set the agenda, and it's resourceful. So there are teachers that have clear goals, while uh, some, some only vague ideas. Some are eager, some are reluctant, and they may have little or no interest in setting their own own agenda for whatever the reason. And coaching such teachers are the most challenging for us. It is tempting to then just tell, instead of asking. But when we succeed in getting them to actively engage and become partners in the learning relationship with a sense of purpose, that is one of the most rewarding moments. And then what we do is we will summarize what we talked about and send it back to the teachers and the managers, uh, of the you know of w- what we talked about. At the same time, I do want to mention that we do that within the team a lot. So, uh, for instance, if I get a question or if I see a situation in the video that I feel I would want more feedback on or more ideas on, I would talk to my team about it. We we are very we communicate a lot. We share ideas a lot, and so we try to give the teachers the best suggestion or options or ask the great. Ask the best questions to initiate thinking and self-reflection.
0: Yeah. I like that shift in focus a lot because back a long time ago when, when I was a coach, it was a little bit less in that vein of trying to support teachers to kind of reflect more and make their own decisions. It was a bit more like you mentioned, Cindy, of watch class, give feedback. And while it's very simple and, and quick to do it that way, if you don't build the teacher's own ability to self-reflect, or build their own their own understanding of why it's important to self-reflect. Then, it, when the coach isn't there to give the feedback, then it's just like, okay, well, I'm just teaching. I, I'm not really thinking about what I'm mm. doing. I'm just kind of going through every day, and maybe it's good, maybe it's not good. But mm-hmm. it, we haven't really fostered that that understanding of really. Building their own sense of, okay, am I doing well? What could I be doing better? That kind Mm -hmm. of moment to moment self reflection. How about you, Michael? What do you do to prepare for your coaching sessions?
2: Oh, yeah. Thanks, Adam. Yes. In addition to what Cindy has already mentioned, you know, a lot of times when we enter classrooms or watch videos, we don't really know the kids. We, you know, it's our first time seeing them. We don't know what happened throughout the week. We don't know a lot about um, what the teacher is going through. So, um, you know, for for them to come up with their own ideas, you know, that's 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 really a great feeling. Because anyone can come up with good ideas. But once a teacher comes up with their own ideas based on what they know, based on the kids that they've spent time with, based on the school's culture... Um, then that makes our job, um, you know, much more meaningful because we are able to help facilitate, help them think about their current situation, their environment, their teachers know what's best for their kids. And our job is to really help them understand and hey, I thought of of an idea because of these kids, they'll be good with this. um, And this is what's allowed in my classroom. Uh, What do you think? And of course, um, as a coach, oh, you know, we would share our you know opinions and say, yeah, that's a great idea. Tell me about it next week. How did it go? Um, if it doesn't work, maybe we can think of other strategies as well. And we do get that a lot. And oftentimes too, when teachers, you know, maybe they're too busy to think of something, or they just need like a you know some quick tip. Uh, we do share things that we mm-hmm. we've seen from other schools mm-hmm. that are successful. Uh, we share things that we've seen works really well all throughout Japan that we and I also hear other great success stories from other coaches. There's just a lot of good communication happening and we're just so happy to share what what you know what we've seen and heard.
0: That's another kind of great evolution of the process that you're talking about there, Michael, of building a more constant connection between coach and teacher. Mm. Whereas in the past it might have been, okay, I visited a school and then gave feedback, but then I'm not going to go to that school for another three months and I'm not really going to talk to that teacher again for the next few months. Mm. Whereas what you guys are doing is a lot more, okay, try this out, see how it goes. Let's talk next week, send me an email, send me another video, and then you can kind of stay in constant communication, which then really benefits the teacher in the end because they're, they're getting more, more data points to mm figure out their own like best route of teaching going forward. Yeah, great. I think it's really good that you guys have kind of shared the the general approach and your own thinking on, on how you prepare for coaching sessions. But let's let's get into more concrete details. So if you could, let's start with Michael this time, if you could give a concrete example of what you did for your most recent session and how it was similar or different than your general approach. I think that would be really great for teachers to hear.
2: Sure. We do inform schools that we are always available. I think it was this year that we shared our coaching page where uh, teachers can actually book or make an appointment with any coach. So they can check each coach's calendar based on their convenience. I think that was very different compared to before where We were the ones who called the school and we were the ones who visited the school also based on our availability. I think just by that, we want to give teachers the opportunity to, you know, to own own the appointment, own the coaching, because it's based on their time and make their time more meaningful. And from there, we start out by asking them to make a video, um, send us their video and write down some points where they they want feedback on and and even for us when we receive the videos it's not just like we just watch it write down feedback we we do have a a guide that we read where you know as coaches and all over grapeseed we we can reflect on the video and see what would make the class even better even more effective this is not like just on based on personal opinions but based on maybe a more global global guide to make grapeseed classes more effective so I think that helps us coaches, not just in Japan, but all over the world, be on the same page. And then from there, we make an appointment with the teacher, then we talk about the video. And what's great about online, meeting online is, you know, it's not very long and the teachers don't have to be there the whole time as as opposed to being in the classroom mm-hmm. or in the classroom, they only have like five minutes and they have to go to the next class. Uh, But meeting online, you know, it's very flexible and you can be straight to the point and the teachers are more relaxed and more comfortable. And after that, we send them a summary. So um, I think just based on my experience comparing before and now, there's already a lot of changes compared to what I'm used to. And I'm seeing even more benefits to what's happening these days, especially uh, post-COVID and all that.
0: Excellent. What about you, Cindy? What's a concrete example of what you did for your most recent coaching session and how it was similar or different than your general approach?
1: Yeah, I agree with everything Michael just said. it's it saves us a lot of time. And also, like as he mentioned, it's much more empowering when they reach out to us versus we're calling them up, saying, "Hey, when can we meet, when can I visit you? when can I watch or listen?" And because we are the facilitator, not an instructor, And what we need to do is to begin with, as again, as Michael mentioned earlier, teachers' perspective and not ours, because we're only seeing a fraction of what's going on in their everyday life. And so we need to prepare to be flexible and keeping all assumptions behind, sometimes however tempting that may be, to support and challenge the teachers to learn and to develop, right? So we want the teachers to acquire new awareness or uh, insight, if you might say, uh, teaching skills, ideas, and knowledge also about the curriculum. It's not that we're only focused on self-awareness. We are, at the end of the day, Great C trainers. And so we're always looking forward or looking uh, into in helping how to, um, you know, advance their teaching skills, ideas, and knowledge about the Grape C curriculum. But we want to provoke new perspectives, not only in the classrooms, but if we can, the way of being so because sometimes teachers just come and go and teaching is just to pay their rent fee for instance but we want to change that if possible we want them to find joy in teaching we want to motivate them and we want to inspire them so that's why it is so important for us to um, ask the right questions to initiate that instead of telling or giving them answers or feeding them answers
0: yeah feel like it's a really important thing to point out there Cindy that that teachers they they find joy in what they're doing even if their initial goals for becoming a teacher weren't mm-hmm. necessarily to like I love teaching so I want to be a teacher a lot for a lot of teachers it is just I want to pay my rent I want to yeah. have a visa to stay mm-hmm. but I think there've been a lot of cases in the past where with the old coaching model that I keep going back to and talking about where Teachers might have felt like, okay, I, I kind of understand what I'm doing. My coach comes and visits and tells me what I'm doing wrong. I don't really feel like I'm going anywhere. So I want to find a new job next year mm-hmm. and they want to move on. Whereas with yeah. your model that you guys are following now, it sounds a lot more like teachers, they they start to feel like, okay, I'm getting better at this. I'm understanding what's going on. I'm more tied in with my coach. I, I'm mm-hmm. improving. There's progress. So I want to come back next year. I want to teach unit 1 again and see what I can do better yeah. this next time as opposed to oh I feel like I'm doing everything wrong. I just want to get a new job kind of thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just had um let's see 2 weeks ago. I think I had a teacher that I hardly know just sent me an email thanking me about the curriculum saying I just came to teach but my this is giving me joy and that I wasn't expecting and I was really really happy because and he, she was like Whatever you're doing, keep doing it because this is awesome. And I, I, I never created a curriculum, but I'm really happy that you you're in, enjoying what you're doing because you're teaching Grape Seed. So
0: yeah, sounds like a good podcast guest to have on next. I'll, I'll have to get oh, that yeah. information from you after the show. Sure. Here, moving on here though. Michael, you had mentioned a little bit ago about just kind of a global standard of things that you guys are looking for in general. Now, of course, we can't spend the, the next three hours on this podcast talking about specifically what's on that, that sheet. But what are some general things that you guys are looking out for from that global standard that you were mentioning, mm-hmm. Michael?
2: Oh, yeah. So we do share that guide, the teacher called the teacher reflection guide. And just some things there are, you know, for example, student engagement, what are some things teachers can do to make sure all the students are engaged. There are even some specific things there that teachers can use or, I guess, look forward to, you know, for example, there's a, you know, first level, second level, and the third level, which is the I guess the top one, so teachers can see where in the spectrum they are, and where they can go to. When you watch a lesson, you know, of course, you won't see everything checked off. Like maybe one day is different. Maybe it's a bad day. Again, it's still a good conversation to have, and when because we know the teachers, we know we know they're really great with the kids. We know they're good with student engagement. In addition, like one thing I also like there is, it helps the teacher understand. For example, also correcting errors what's a good way to level up with correcting errors is it just saying no follow me again or is it asking the student to self-assess themselves so Mm. maybe then the next level for teachers would be is to ask the boy or girl really uh try one more time and the student will think about it and they'll realize their own mistake Mm. so you know to see teachers reach that level compared to when they first were, where they would just correct them on the spot. I think those are some great to see. And there's a lot more, like what you said, we could spend many hours talking about that. But I do hope more teachers would want to go through this process as well and just check the reflection guide
0: and go through it with us. And that, that teacher reflection guide that you're talking about, it's on the portal, right, for anybody to access? Yes. Oh yeah. Where specifically is it? Just can you give a, a roadmap to teachers on what to click on to get there, if you remember it off the top of your head? So you go, obviously,
1: click into the portal. I think you go to the Japan tab. Okay. On the left-hand side.
0: Uh, or whatever it, country you're in. This is, yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, right. And then the te- there's a, the documents for teachers where we have, um like, classroom management about questions, uh, just different documents for teachers. I think you'll find it there.
0: Okay. There you go, everyone. Now, next question here. You've both talked a little bit about how you're you're inspiring the self-reflection of the teachers but you're you're trying to avoid just giving quick point to like okay here point to the words for big books and move on right but when you've been watching videos recently what is maybe one common thing that you've noticed teachers struggling with that are that if they're listening to the podcast they can just tighten up on their own really quickly what's kind of one common mistake we'll start with Cindy here
1: there, there are different reasons why they would do that, but a lot of teachers f- forget to check the teacher moves on the lesson plans. They would use the lesson plans in terms of deciding which components to use that day, but they forget to focus on the teacher moves or questions. And as a result, they will be, uh, the, their pacing will be a little bit off, off balance. Uh, for instance, they will be asking too many questions. They will be talking about the weather too long. And as a result, the students aren't getting the exposure that they could have gotten. And so there is a reason why the lesson plans are there. And there is a reason why the teacher moves are there because that's because so you don't have to bother uh, going through the entire teacher manual. I mean, great if you can, and understanding the learning objectives and the exposures and stuff like that. And so, yeah, if the teachers can understand the reason why Lesson plans are so crucial and important and helpful and use of this plans. That would be great.
0: Great. How about you, Michael? What's something that you've kind of noticed teachers can tighten up pretty quickly here?
2: Yeah, I think uh, especially with teachers new to grapeseed, I think, you know, when they begin, there's a lot to, of course, you know, they watch essentials. They go through the training and they're excited to teach their lesson. And you know, oftentimes, you know, they're 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 struggling with a lot of things. They need to memorize their kids' names, they need to get used to the school. And sometimes they do forget what to do with the grapeseed materials, like what you mentioned, pointing to something or teaching something twice. But one thing I tend to notice is I think because of all that busyness and craziness, they forget the why, you know, of you know teaching grapeseed and why we do this, why do we have to point here? What's the reasoning? So it's good to have that conversation afterwards. Um, I know some teachers like what you said need need answers, straight answers, like do this, this, this. But I think the main goal is to help them understand why they do this, and as a result, what's going to happen. You know, oftentimes we want teachers to do do it the right way in unit one, so that if they do it the right way, they can do it the right way all throughout unit forty, because they'll develop those habits early on. And you know, once teachers know that early on, that they can. Fix that and make make something consistent. Good, something consistent. Good habits happen.
0: Excellent. Now I want to end this great podcast here on a kind of a bigger picture question. So, with we've been talking about the coaching philosophy that you guys have. What is the end goal? Is there an end goal? Basically, what I'm asking is when you have a teacher like some of the teachers we have on the teacher says podcast series right multi-year veterans who are really Mm. great and they're they're not making really any grapeseed mistakes necessarily what do you do with those teachers
1: can i go first
0: oh yeah go for it cindy sorry
1: i think the outcome we're looking for is change and action as like we all we're all learning especially as teachers we have to always learn to develop because we're never going to never reach a point where we feel like, oh, we've learned everything. There's nothing more to learn. So uh, as mentioned earlier, some teachers may be reluctant to change their ways or even defensive because, of course, change is hard work. And often we feel resistance towards change. But our job is to help teachers explore any resistance and look at what is challenging or what may be hindering them in making those changes. And we help them set achievable goals and help them picture what success may look like. And I think the important thing here is what we do ourselves is our own self-development and our own self-awareness. And we are constantly paying attention. We as a training team uh constantly paying attention to learning and developing our skills by having workshops, coaching sessions to each other, not only the teachers, but within the team asking for feedback in order to appropriately enable teachers we work with To also develop insights and release their potential. So we understand that listening, supporting, and challenging is our main job, and we do that to each other so that in turn we can provide the same energy to the teachers we work with. And so to sum it up in a nutshell, I feel like I think the end goal here is to understanding the importance and the necessity for self-development and self-awareness.
0: That's a great general philosophy. Michael, if you could take the same question but focus a little bit more on the okay with a, with a many year grapeseed veteran what what what's the end goal of coaching what what's kind of the north star that you're shooting for
2: yeah i mean it would be great if more and more teachers would stay on and you know be a veteran grapeseed teacher because we do have great relationships with them we do love talking with them we do love receiving emails with them constantly. I think the, like what Cindy said, the key is self-development. And oftentimes, like these teachers end up training their new teachers. So um, I think the next step for them is how to give feedback to their own teachers. And that's something that we help them with as well. Again, giving feedback and receiving feedback, that's an art in itself. That takes a lot of work. Us coaches, we, we put in a lot of time with that, with our own sessions, giving great feedback so you know if uh, there are a lot of teachers who you know want to stay with grapeseed and hopefully they can you know help new grapeseed teachers um, we can definitely help them also have that sort of coaching habit uh, make it a good habit of giving and receiving feedback in their school and that would be really a healthy thing to do to always keep improving and always growing
0: Definitely. Cause it's not as easy as it looks right there. There I've known many teachers who have kind of taken that step into a managerial role. And when they have their first teacher that they're, they're quote unquote training, they're either way too, way too nice to them or way too hard on them. And then it, it doesn't really end up fostering the growth that they want. So trying to find that balance, right. is always really tricky. So good point that, that, those veterans end up training newer teachers just because with seed programs in general, they tend to grow over time, right? You're adding a new class of younger kids every year, so it keeps getting bigger and bigger, so you need more teachers. But great, this has been a wonderful discussion. Thank you both for taking your time today and joining me.
1: Thank you for having us.
0: Thank you. Perfect. If you have any questions or comments, any, any specific things you want to talk about, Cindy or Michael, and, and their coaching, you can send those comments into mailcarrier at grapeseed.com. And as always, thank you for listening and good luck in the classroom. Goodbye, my friends. Goodbye said to say goodbye. It
2: was a good day, but now I will say goodbye,
0: my friends, goodbye. Goodbye, everyone.